Welcome to the first episode of Something to Say. I'm Kayla. Thank you for joining me for my very first episode. I have been thinking about starting a podcast for a while now, so thank you for checking it out. I do have a blog out there, as some of you may know. You may have seen it and read some of it. And I love to write, but I think that maybe a podcast you can get a little bit more in-depth with the conversation. And wanted to start this up kind of share my story as to how my journey with an eating disorder, where it has brought me and what I have learned. I entered recovery back in 2018. Ever since then, I've wanted to share my story, get the message out there, educate people a little bit about eating disorders. I'm not a professional, but I want to share my story and what I've been through, and maybe that may help someone along the way if you are struggling with disordered eating, or if you have a friend or family member that you you think may be or know that they may be just help you understand a little bit of what they're going through and how to deal with them and talk to them about those things if you are in the midst of dealing with an eating disorder how to understand what others on the outside that have not dealt with this how they may just not understand what you're going through because they've never been there this podcast is not going to be just about eating disorders it's going to be about different topics, different areas of life. We'll talk about family, friendships, relationships, dating, pets, hobbies, music. Really, there's nothing off limits here. That's why I wanted the title to be called Something to Say, and then it can we can really talk about anything. I want to tell you the story of how I got the title, Something to Say. As most of you know, I do work at Dollywood on the marketing team. I absolutely love my job. I have always been very laid back and quiet, still am, but not as much as I used to be. The team I'm currently on have weekly meetings and we always go around the room and tell what we're working on for the week, what's coming up or results of something we have been working on. And this in particular day, this has been... This has been a couple years ago. I was in a meeting and all of a sudden I had raised my hand, said I would like to speak. Now, I'm not sure what I had to speak about that day, but apparently it was important enough for me to raise my hand and say, I would like to speak. I do remember their mouths kind of opening, and I'm sure in their heads they were thinking, did she just raise her hand and ask to speak? Because that was so out of character for me. Now I just abruptly speak, or if I raise my hand, they smile because it's kind of an inside joke now that if I raise my hand or I look like I want to talk, they say, would you like to speak? So that's how Something to Say, the title, came about. Now I'm sure my team probably wishes I would not talk as much, but sometimes I just keep going and I don't stop. My goal from the time I realized that I had an eating disorder was, even before recovery, make people aware of the things that can cause eating disorders or the things that you say to people that can feed an eating disorder. Things not to say to someone, just your words can really feed that eating disorder that someone is dealing with. Since I told you a little bit about how this podcast came to life, I want to get into a little bit of my story, start telling you little bits and pieces about how I ended up where I am today. And I'm going to rewind back several years. The first that I recall having a negative thought about my body I was around 12 or 13 years old, and I was never athletic growing up. I think I tried to run track when I was in elementary school, maybe tried to play basketball. My brother got all the athletic ability in my family from my dad. I always loved music. That's the side I leaned to. I was at my mamaw's house. She had bought 
me some clothes and wanted me to try them on to see if they fit. I remember saying, I'm so fat. From that point on, I don't recall it being a big deal in high school. We moved quite a bit growing up, and my dad's a, a preacher, and he pastored some churches. I'll tell that story another day. My high school years, I was in and out of schools for the freshman and sophomore year, and then my junior, senior year, I was homeschooled. I did video school, so basically a school in Florida had videoed their actual schools that are there, and they send them, and you are sitting in like a classroom, you watch it on TV and the teacher teaches. That's what I did my junior and senior year. My parents did give me the option to do that. My brother went to school because he played ball. So I chose to stay home and do school. And I actually finished a little bit early for my senior year. I remember going to college in September or the fall of 2002. And I went to school in Florida. My family at the time, we were living in Canton, Michigan. So that was about 20 hours away from my family. So that in and of itself was hard. I was homesick quite a bit. But when I got to school, checked into my dorm, got my stuff moved in and all that, the first few weeks I was there, I remember hearing girls talk about sharing clothes. And I always felt like I didn't fit in because I wasn't quite their size. I saw everybody and I thought, well, if I was able to share clothes with these girls, then maybe I would fit in a little bit better. As the semester went on, I picked up on some very, very bad habits. I started watching what I ate, and I will say, growing up, I really didn't watch what I ate. I would really eat about anything. I wasn't picky or didn't really work out. But in college, I started noticing that I would pick up on what other people were doing. If they talk about losing weight, going on a diet, working out, just watching what they ate and being conscientious of that, or I want to look like this person. So I picked up on a lot of that, and people probably never even realized or gave it second thought that that could be an issue. I went home for Christmas that year. My mom had asked me what I would like to eat because she would always cook a meal. And so I wanted homemade spaghetti. I always loved her homemade spaghetti. She would make homemade spaghetti sauce from scratch, and it was just great. So she fixed me that. That is probably the last time I recall really ever eating pasta. I may have eaten a bite or two here and there in the past. That's been 19 years, I guess. So the end of 2002 going into 2003 is when I recall my diet the foods I eat changing drastically. Once I started to lose a little bit of weight, people started to notice and they'd say, wow, you look great. What have you been doing? Or if I would turn down sweets or pasta or pizza or something like that, they would say, oh, I wish I had your willpower. What they didn't realize was I was in the beginning stages of developing an eating disorder. When I went back to school for the spring semester, finished up, Summer came and went, went back for the fall semester in 03, and people thought that I might be sick or had been sick or something because I had lost so much weight. But my looks had changed pretty drastically by that time. Nothing to where people were super concerned, but I do remember eating disorders weren't as talked about back then, and I feel like maybe if they had been, I wouldn't have waited so long to get the help that I needed. That fall semester, I remember starting to eat in isolation. I would not eat with my roommates. I wouldn't go to the cafeteria. I would wait till everyone was out of the room to eat. And most of the time, I was eating less than 500 calories in a day. And mainly that consisted of green beans, carrots, 
things very low calorie. I just kept on that pattern. I started working out. I would go to the grocery store, get magazines, and go through and find healthy recipes, the latest fad diets that were going around, and cut out little tips and tricks of how to lose weight fast. I would go through and find celebrities that I loved how they looked or wanted to look like them and put that as goals as far as what I wanted to look like. I would cut all that out, I would put it in a notebook, and I would keep it. It just became an obsession for me. I really I had no idea what I was doing at the time. So I graduated in May of 2004 with an associate's degree in office systems, basically like an office administration type degree. Went back to Michigan that summer. That's when I started to work out a little bit more. That summer, I started using laxatives. I would start out with the dosage I think there's two every so many hours. Little by little worked my way up to where I was taking too many in one day. There is laxative abuse with eating disorders. You don't hear about that often either. I want to make people aware that that is a thing as well. I did that quite a bit up until I went into treatment in 2018. My family moved back to the Tri-Cities in the summer of 04 from Michigan. I worked a few little odd jobs and ended up working at a Christian school as a secretary in Bristol. My brother went to school there. My mom taught elementary school and my dad taught Bible. I kept on the same habits as far as restricting myself. If I did by chance eat a little too much or something that I felt like I shouldn't eat, I would take the laxatives. Looking back over that period of time from college to the time I started working at the school, I just really wanted to fit in and have connection with others. I had learned the rigid behavior. March of 06, I started working in the ER as a unit secretary. Basically, what you did was take the orders, put them in the computer, answer phones. I did mid-shift. I did from... 2 to 12.30 at night. And I would do seven days on, seven days off. So that was a big difference for me. I really did like it. I liked the people. I have friends that I still talk to today from there. I was there several years. If you work in the medical field, people know if something's going on with you. So working in the ER, we would order food sometimes. And one night in particular, we had ordered some salads or something like that for dinner. I had started at that time to take Ipecac. If you've not heard of that, that is something you can take to make yourself throw up. Not long after that happened, a dear friend that I worked with in the ER sat me down and they said, I know what you're doing. And I was taken aback by that. And I thought, excuse me, what do you mean? They said, I know you're throwing up after you eat and you're restricting yourself. There were many times that I would get lightheaded and, and almost pass out at work. I really had no idea what I was doing. These were just habits that I had formed that were starting to get the better of my body. And it was more evident to others than what I ever realized. So this person said, you need to go get you some help. You don't realize what you're doing to your body that later down the road, you may damage parts of your body so that caused me to panic a bit, and this is where the anxiety came into play. Unfortunately, the providers didn't really have the experience to get the help that I needed as far as with eating disorder patients. 
I did go to therapy. I did see a nutritionist. I did go to the doctor, was put on medication. That's where I was put on antidepressant and anxiety medication. I was put on a very low dose to begin with. It did start leveling me out as far as helping me with the anxiety of realizing that I had allowed this to develop into a full-blown eating disorder. But when I did go and try to get some help with the nutritionist and the therapist, I just never really got the help that I needed or felt like it was doing me any good. So I stopped that treatment and I stayed on the medication and tried to add little things back into my diet. I was now eating, you know, more calories during the day. I was at my lowest point back when I worked at the school. I had gained some of that weight back. The body image part for me has always been bad. I did pretty good there for a few years, but when I look back, the medication really was just a band-aid for me to get through the years that I went through because if I had an issue come up or wasn't doing as good as what they thought I should have been, they would increase my medication dosage. So it wasn't like I was going to therapy or getting treatment from professionals that had dealt with eating disorders. I was taking more medication, which was not helping me in the long run. I had my first relationship with someone that I met in the ER. After a few years, that kind of fell through. We broke up. Breakups are hard, but I think that first one, that initial one, is it's new. You don't really know how a breakup is going to go. So I dealt with that. I was maintaining what I thought was good with my weight and eating and all that up until my breakup. Then I started looking for something in anyone that would give me any attention at all. I think I was craving the connection with people because at this time I was still eating in isolation. How a lot of people connect over meals, I was not doing that. So basically looking for connection and looking for something and other people was sending me down a not so good path because I had not healed my relationship with food. And I'll be honest, I didn't really know how to have a relationship with myself up until the last couple of years after I had went into therapy and went into recovery. I've learned the importance of having a relationship with myself is way more important than having a relationship with any other person. So that's something that I've been working on, and I honestly continue to work on to this day. I love my time in the ER. That is where I've met a lot of people that I still talk to today. That's really a lot of my story from my ER days. I was there for almost 10 years, so I'm thankful for that chapter of my life. That is the time frame from the time I graduated high school up until right before I moved to Sevierville to work at Dollywood. So I'll get into that piece of my story in another episode soon. Tell you a little bit about that and how I ended up going into recovery and finding finding focus integrative centers in Knoxville. There's someone out there that we can help by our story. Everyone has a story. Sometimes it's hard to share those stories. Sometimes we have to get to a vulnerable place to be able to share those hard things. My hope is that I can share my struggle and my hope with someone and it help them or make a difference, even if it's just a little difference in their life, and make it a little bit easier or at least let them know that there's hope and there is help. If you do 
know anyone that's struggling or if you have questions, want to know more about eating disorders, how you can help. If there's someone you know that may be going through it, you want to know how you can approach them. Reach out to me. Like I said, I'm not a professional, but I can give you my story and what I've been through in my experience. And maybe that can help you or someone else. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and your family. If you have questions, of course, reach out to me. The podcast has an Instagram and it is at something to say dot pod. If you have any feedback or if you'd like to come on the podcast and talk with me about something that's important to you, please reach out. Let me know. Would love to get you on. Thank you all for listening to this first episode. Before I go today, I do want to shout out everyone that's helped me with this podcast from the advice on equipment as far as microphone, laptop, the editing platform, the photo shoots, anything that you've done to help me get this up and going. I would not have been able to do it without you. So thank you. You know who you are. I'm not going to name names because I will forget someone. So thank you for listening and I hope you'll join me for the next episode. Have a great day.